Lake Forest Podcast is supported by viewers, listeners, and businesses just like you. Looking for the best pool supplies? Look no further than Doheny's Pool Supplies. With a history dating back to 1967, this family-owned business offers everything families need to keep their pools clean and sparkling from chemicals to equipment. Plus, customers enjoy free shipping on all orders. Visit Doheny's Pool Supplies today at doheny.com, D-O-H-E-N-Y.com to learn more. Forest Bluff Real Estate Team serves Illinois, Wisconsin, Lake Forest, and Lake Bluff. John Josephitis, Laura Lee Van Fleet, and of course, Michelle Parnell. Get a free market analysis now at forestbluffrealestate.com. For the best cannabis in the world, look no further than Iliad Epic Grow. Owned by Lake Bluff's own Rich Ruzich, they are a cannabis cultivation center focusing on hard-to-find small batch products that will delight both the occasional user and Ganjier. When visiting Michigan, ask for it by name, Epic Products, Exceptional Process. For more information, email info at iliadgrow.com. Havy Communications has been helping first responders arrive safely since 1983. It's owned by Lake Forest own Mike Havy. Check them out at havycommunications.com. We'd also like to say we're thankful for our Patreon supporters. Otto, John C., Helen, and Herrick. John Cub. Wow, that's that's quite the... Um... Oh, I, I'm, I'm, just, I, I'm, I'm thinking of um, almost Darth Vader here on a. Well, it was, it was. How, well, some people look at me that way. Well, we had Halloween <laughs> last last night, so. Yeah. How were the trick or treaters for you? It was kind of weak, cold, bad weather. Yeah, yeah, pretty, pretty light. Uh, got got plenty of leftover Reese's and uh, yeah. you know, Kit Kat and Twix and all that kind of stuff. So, but uh, yeah, it was a uh, not a not a not a fun night to to be out. Uh, Outside period. Did you uh, hide all the Snickers and uh, million dollar bars and? <laughs> yeah, I was like, yeah, I, I was, yeah, I was an almond joy guy back in the day. People might remember the almond joy mounds. Yeah, that's old. That's old school. Going back, yeah. So I was kind of an almond joy guy. I would sneak those. My, I remember my mom being kind of a sugar freak or would limit the sugar intake. Me and my siblings. So yeah, I would sneak the almond joys and. You know, grab a grab a few bites of those. Yeah, your mom was ahead of her time. So we got <laughs> uh, the poor Chicago Public League. I remember playing at Lane, and you know, okay, great. You you play the easy CPS schedule, and then first round of the playoffs, wham, <laughs> Lakeview. Yeah, it's. You know, and, and and if you look at the record, they were zero and twenty-two, right, in the first round. I mean, the CPL. So yeah, so it's. Uh, I mean, Phillips was good back, you know, in the day, and I, I'm not sure why they were good. I'm surprised that the CPS can field a team because there was a time I went, I don't know, four years ago to to Lane for homecoming, and I think they had twenty-three players suited up. Hmm. It's it's a it's a scary thing, but. So how could Lakeview be ranked that high and Lake Forest be ranked so low? I mean, everybody that is from Chicago knew Lake Forest was going to kick the hell out of them. Like what, who ranks these uh, teams? Well, the IHSA has a uh, football committee that does all the seedings and the brackets that come out the Saturday night after 
the ninth week of the regular season. And uh, they like to keep things simple, at least initially, where they strictly go based on record. So the reason why Lakeview was seated number two in the upper bracket, because in 1A, so there's eight classes, right, in the state of Illinois. So in the in 1A through 6A, they split the uh, 32 teams into two different divisions or brackets. They have a north bracket and a south bracket. They don't call it that. They call it upper and lower. But, you know, based on geography and where these teams are, it's, it is based on basically basically north of I-80 or kind of south of I-80, right, which we talk about in the state of Illinois, how the politics are here, right? Right. Um, and so – 6A being a split uh, bracket, uh, the scouts were had five wins, so they were 15th seed, and Lakeview had seven. So there were only a couple teams uh, that were had wins than they do in 6A. So, yeah, I, I think that there should be more discussion about having almost like a uh, like an APR system or, or an yeah, RPI right. system, right? Which is based or based a little more on some on some you know objectivity as opposed to just strictly record. Um, and I think there's an argument to be made that, the, that the, some of these Chicago Public League schools should not even be participating in the right. IHA playoffs at all. Have them do their own uh, postseason, which is phenomenal, meaning those kids have an opportunity to play for a championship. Uh, still try to – maybe you have a you know, prep bowl format where the Catholic League winner can can you know play the CPL winner like it was back in the day. But what right. you saw last weekend was I, – it, it, I, I was impressed with the turnout, Pete, at Winnemac Stadium by the Lakeview parents. And they they were there the entire game and stayed at the end. Lake Forest could have won that game 80 to nothing. Yeah. And they gave their their, their kids a standing ovation. And there were – it was almost full. Yeah. You know, so, so, so the atmosphere was excellent, but competitively, no, not so much. Well, Lakeview, for the people that don't know, that's uh, Irving and Ashland, and that's, you know, a good throw from Wrigley – so, you know, if you don't have the money to send the send your kid to the private school, you know, that's that's where you go. But uh Winnemac, that's old school and it looks like you had a good experience there because they're uh they're they've tightened up, you know, their ticket taking process. Uh what was your experience there, John? Well, but when you mentioned Wrigley and I'm having, you know, visions of, you know, $14, you know, Miller lights here and, 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 in my head. So, uh, and I'll be going down there on Saturday for the Iowa Northwestern game. So I was able to score some, you know, some, Oh, nice. Okay. Some, some, some good tickets, but I got to, I got to make sure I, I toss a couple extra C notes in my wallet just to be able to, uh, you know, grab a bag of peanuts and, and a hot dog when I'm down there. Um, but the, the, the experience Saturday at Winnemac was excellent in terms of operationally, how they handle things. Now, certainly us, us living in the suburbs now, we're not necessarily used to, to having to enter a high school football stadium and have our bags checked and go through security, not something that necessarily you have to deal with when you go to Stevenson or Libertyville or some of these other places, right. at least the field. Um, and so, but they could not have been nicer. Uh, security was tremendous. I was able to find parking only because I used my uh, my trusty Spot Hero app on my phone and parked behind some an an Afghan kebab restaurant on yeah. you know Western Avenue. So kind of get a little, little old school Chicago there, Pete. Yeah. Um, and so and I and I can speak for some of the other parents who were there and people who I who 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 I know. Um, same you know same experience. Uh, and you're able to actually park. There was some parking on the street there on Western Avenue, non permit parking. Uh, if you if you were lucky. 
Um, so yeah, so so m- kudos to Chicago Public School Athletics for how they for how they handled the day on Saturday. When you said the rankings, do you think budgets should be looked at? Because I don't think uh, Lakeview's got the same budget as Lake Forest. I have no idea. I'm just spit, spitballing there. Yeah, I think it's a, that's a fair assumption to make. We certainly would have to FOIA, you know, the yeah, uh, you yeah. Know, the the you know budget sheets to 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 confirm that. But I would I, w- I would certainly say so. Um, yeah, you're you're going down a dangerous road if you're yeah. if you're basing some of these guidelines on how much money that you know schools can kind of spend uh, on on athletics. Um, and in that case, there certainly would be some um, uh, disparity there. Right. And so I think from a football perspective, it's just, it's, it's a, it's a challenging sport to play because of the numbers you have to have and you have to have dedicated staff and you have to have dedicated coaches. Uh, and, um, you certainly see that in the suburbs because you've got, these coaches are also teachers, right? So people forget that sometimes they, they do have day jobs and they have good teaching positions and they coaches, which is more of a side hustle, where I think in 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 CPS, those teachers, while some of them are very very well paid, uh, they do not have the all the other necessities, meaning operational staff, uh, off season weight training, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, all the camps, all these kind of things that you need to be able to build a winning program. Um, so again, I would sort of separate it. I would just say, hey. Just like I'm a I'm a I'm a private you know kind of public guy, and I think I think the the the, the private school should have their own um, uh, a playoff system versus public. When you see what's happening with some of these you know kind of private schools and how they're sort of dominating um, uh, at uh, at the IHSA level in the postseason. Now, I I don't want to get ahead of ourselves here, but you know, was there because I want to get to uh, Geneva, the Vikings. Uh, was, was there anything that you saw at the uh, Lakeview game? I don't know what you could see other than you get some of your second stringers to, you know, get some some time in there. Anything you want to touch on from the game that you you saw? The only thing to touch on from the game is that, you know, the it was the first playoff game Lake Forest had played in two years. You know, you know 2021, they met to the, the semifinals where they lost to yeah. eventual state champion Kerry Grove. Most of the players on that team are no longer, you know, have, have since graduated. There are a couple players that are that are still there. So I think it was just a, it was a good experience. I think for a lot of and this is still a relatively inexperienced young team. It's got a massive junior class, which we can certainly talk about here in a few minutes. So for them just to have the experience of playing in yeah. a postseason game, uh, I think is is um, uh, immeasurable. And they did what they had to do. They got out of there. Uh, they played efficiently. They they dominated a team that, that they should have dominated. And they're healthy uh, for the most part going into this much more challenging round two matchup against uh, Geneva. Okay. And then Geneva, they, uh, who they play? Sen? <laughs> what was it? 70 nothing? <laughs> yeah. That was a uh, similar type of score. I think Pete, it was like 50 to eight, I think was, was the final. I think Sen maybe, you know, got, got a late touchdown against the you know, number threes, probably. Um, so yeah. they could, they could drive home happy. You know, saying, "Hey, we got a, you know, we got a, we got a score here late in the game." Proud son graduate, uh, Mike North of the score. Oh, okay, <laughs> uh, Pappy, huh? Pappy's a son graduate. Okay, I didn't, you know, I, I didn't. Maybe I don't know if anybody spotted him on the sideline there, at Geneva. Out there, uh, I don't, I don't know. know if he, if, if he gets out to DuPage, uh, you know, DuPage County very often, Pappy. <laughs> so, what are we looking forward to? Uh, where are they playing? Number one. 
And, you know, number two, like what kind of offense do they have? Like one of those triple wishbone, whatever offenses <laughs> that uh, gives us problems. Yeah. So a primer on Geneva, uh, they are, they play in a conference called the Duquesne conference, which was a relatively new conference. So emerged from a couple different interstate aid and DuPage Valley teams kind of came together and formed this conference. Um, they have a lot of tradition. They've been playing football, I think since the 1920s, uh, they've been around for a long time. They've, they've, uh, they made a, a, um, uh, a state championship game back in 2008 in class seven, a, so this is a program that's been good falling on hard times. I mean, four years ago, they were actually Owen nine, um, change coaches. Uh, they have a, a young coach named Boone, uh, Thorgerson, uh, who was a great player at Caneland high school, went to Northern Illinois, uh, I think he's mid thirties now. So he kind of has, has rejuvenated the program. Um, as I've always said, it's much, it's much easier to sort of reestablish tradition than to actually build tradition. So if you had a good program before, sometimes it just, just takes the right person, the right hire. So Geneva did that. And they are a team that is a quarterback. I mean, this year they are a quarterback centric team. So if you go to the game on Friday night, you will see a quarterback number three, uh, whose name is Nate Stempowski. Uh, I always, I Love feel like that there's like, a, I feel there should be like a K after the PP, like <laughs> Stempkowski, but there's not, there's no K it's Stempowski. Yeah. And uh, he is a tremendous athlete at the quarterback position. He runs it, he throws it. Uh, everything revolves around him. So scouts will have to kind of bottle him up or at least uh, as, as you or know, Dan Patrick or something. Yeah. Or as Dan Patrick used to say, just sort of, you don't stop him. You just try to contain him. I don't yeah. think you completely stop a guy like, like him. Uh, yeah. The one, the one unknown uh, Pete going into the game is Geneva has a wide receiver number one, who uh, Taylor Taylor, who yeah. is the second ranked prospect in his class in the state of Illinois in the class of 2025. He's a current junior, tremendous player. He's got offers from everybody: Alabama, Georgia, which is rare for an Illinois skill player. Not yeah. an Illinois athlete, but a skilled player to get those offers. But he hasn't played in four weeks. And um, so uh, there's a lot of uncertainty as whether or not he will suit up on Friday night. If he does, then that's a Division One player the scouts will have to account for. If not, they they got to find a way to stop the quarterback, number three. And let's just say they – they always, the rule of thumb is, you know, you don't let your best player beat you, right? So if they somehow contain this guy, do they have a running back that can – you know, grind it out three yards at a time. If everybody thinks it'd be a high scoring game, what if it's a low scoring game? Yeah, I think I, I think a low scoring game would would favor the scouts. Yeah, I think I, I think is this a team that has Geneva has given up only 120 points in 10 games, um, and they've scored. I mean, you have to you almost have to take away the the, the you know the game last week, but they've they the teams that they've beaten they've they've beaten pretty handily. They, the teams they've lost to, Geneva, yeah. Wheaton North, and Batavia, they lost by a combined four points. And those two teams those are really good. Houses, yeah. Yeah, those are the, those really good teams. So, yes, they do. They have a tailback number four uh, who's rushed for a little bit over over 400 yards. He's got like a – I think a, he's averaging about four and a half yards a carry. So, uh, yes, they do have a tailback run game, um, but everything will revolve around this quarterback. So they have mm -hmm. other weapons, other guys that they can throw to. And they've got a couple of big guys on the defensive line that the scouts are going to have to block. And so, yeah, I mean, look, when you get to the second round, everybody's going to be good. Um, it just depends on matchups. 
And in, in, in high school football, Pete, in this era, teams advance in to the quarterfinals, semifinals, championship game. Typically, the best athlete on the team is the quarterback. Okay. And that's the case, you know, with with uh, Geneva. I was there for the final four and uh, the Lake Forest quarterback. I mean, everyone, he pretty much did everything. Uh, when we needed the yardage, he he would run. Uh, the other, you know, the other team was a little bit, a little bit uh, too tough for him. But in this game, is our quarterback going to have to, if the offense, we're a defensive centric team is my impression from a, like a way 30,000 foot view of this. That's why you're on the show. But for the offense to really get going, is our quarterback going to really have to take off and we got to see 20 yard runs, 30 yard runs, or how are we going to win on offense? Yeah. So I think the scouts are going to, are, I mean, if, if you're looking at this from a, positive perspective meaning okay so what's the path to victory right for the right scouts? right scenario and, yeah. and what you're and what you're looking for is okay how have the scouts won games this year and the scouts have won games by outscoring teams and they've won games by stopping people um so the scouts are finished kind of like middle that's that's what i was kind of looking up here to make sure i had these yeah. numbers in front of me right. here. They, they're kind of middle of the pack in terms of the conference in terms of points you know they scored you know you know 248 now mind you 49 of those came on saturday so basically scored about 200 points you know this year uh they gave up a, a, about 208 uh two of two of those were in in they I mean, they got blown out back to back by lake zurich and by warren but those games did happen uh so so last week against uh lakeview they they put up 49 points the week before against mundelein which is you know mundelein was a four and four team mm-hmm. you know going in a team that easy could have could, could have made the playoffs. The scouts were able to score at will against that team. You know, they scored 35 points, they're able to run it, they're able to throw it, mostly throw it. So if you're looking for a path to victory, and this becomes a shootout type game where it becomes okay, uh, Geneva, boom, you know, five plays, touchdown, scouts, let's go. You, 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 you have to answer this. They have shown that they can be explosive. Now they want to run it. They want to run to Marty Hipple and Graham Garrigan and the inside zone, outside zone. It's kind of what the scouts do. But Danny Van Camp, who's a junior quarterback for the scouts this year, he started all 10 games. Um, what you'd expect from a first-year starter, he's had some really good games. One's not so good. You know, he's been – but the, the last couple games, he's looked really good. He has a big arm um, and somebody who can also run. You can get out of the pocket and scramble, but he's a big body, 230 pounds. Um, if they get into a shootout, watching the Mundelein game uh, and even parts of other games, they've shown that they can score – that being said, I think historically the scouts win playoff games. You know, it's 24, 20, 2017. That's typically how they win these games. I think if they're going to win this game against Geneva, it's going to be bottling up this quarterback, make him good, not great, force them into throwing situations, and and maybe get an extra possession on a on a takeaway or a key fourth down stop of, of, of some kind. But the scouts are going to have to hit explosive plays. Uh, they're not going to be able to grind it out against this team and go eight, nine, ten, you know, plays. Right. Uh, but they've shown that they can do that, and they have some skill position guys who have emerged here um, the past couple of weeks. Well, hopefully that number one is a little rusty, not being on the field for a while. Maybe that'll come into play, uh, get an interception. Who knows? Uh, crystal ball time. Uh, get ready with your uh, mouse. The path. <laughs> 
let's just say, all right, uh, scouts win 10-9. <laughs> How's the path looking for, for the next round? With yeah, your 10-9. Ball? Yeah, I'm having visions of like, you know, Tommy Myers, you know, back when <laughs> uh, back in the day when I played, uh, that's the, that's how we won games, you know, just kind of, you know, uh, cross buck left, cross buck right. And let's just kind of, you know, try, try and get out of here with a uh, with a low scoring game. Um, you know, if it, it, so the scouts are able to advance, they will more than likely face uh, Kerry Grove. And because Kerry Grove plays Highland Park yeah. in the second round. And hey, shout out to our friends up there at Highland Park. You know, great season for the Giants, but their season's going to end on yeah. on on Saturday. They're not beating uh, Kerry Grove, so then um, that game will be at at Kerry Grove more than likely. You know, next Saturday, the Scouts have not beaten Kerry Grove in the postseason. They played them a couple different yeah. times. Most recently, you know, two years ago. If they're able to sneak, if they're able to somehow stop Kerry Grove, which of course historically they do run a option offense, grind it out. Um, and usually play also really good defense, but the defense is helped by the fact that they usually control the clock. If they ever get by Kerry Grove, then Pete, they would have a rematch potentially. I mean, if things play out with Lake Zurich, which is a six, a team, a number one seed, usually Lake Zurich is a seven, a team. They dropped down mm-hmm. this year to six, a, they are the number one seed in the upper bracket. So that's the path for the scouts. I mean, beat Geneva. Hey, congrats. You get to the quarterfinals. You get your old buddies, Kerry Grove. <laughs> You're able to get back that, hey, rematch with the Bears, which would potentially, you know, could be at, you know, Varsity Field um, the weekend before Thanksgiving. Okay, then we save this for the end. Uh, you had the Lakeview game. Do you have a player of a game that you liked there in a in a blowout? Maybe a second stringer. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, we'll give you, you know, time. Yeah, I, I mean, there's <laughs> tough. Save it for this week. No, no, that's fine. It's just off the top of my head, I'm kind of thinking like there were so many. They, I mean, the, the the starters only played like maybe ten plays in that game. Um, right. You know, the 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 one play. I mean, so I, you can mention, you know, guys like Tommy Aberly, you know, who, who yeah, played yeah, great yeah. for the ten plays that he was there. Danny Van Camp. Uh, you know, scouts had this player Nate Williams who is the son of the former Bears defensive coordinator who's been out since the Carmel game. Yeah, He's yeah. played the last couple of weeks. He played, he, he'll, he'll, he'll be an offensive weapon for the scouts. He's also a defensive player, really good cover corner. Uh, he played, you know, really well, makes that, that the back half of the defense a lot better having someone like him because he's a, he, because he, he, he can cover and they can shuffle, you know, guys around. Um, you know, and I, I would say, you know, uh, you know, some of the, you know, you know, some of the other guys who played, a player named uh, Tommy Elliott is somebody who comes to mind. Who is a guy who who worked really hard all all summer long. He he started at the tight end position, hurt his hand, had missed missed almost the entire season. Came back, played on the defensive line against Lakeview, got an assisted sack, helped helped strip the ball, which led to a touchdown for the scouts. So he's somebody that I would mention just because he's a guy who's been beat yeah. up and sort of injured for a lot of his senior year and having a chance to play in a game like that. And he'll, that's you know kind of a lifelong memory for him and his family. Tommy Elliott. Got it. So, hey, here's to the second stringers, everybody that played last week. Now buckle them up, baby. It's it's getting real. This is not the Chicago Public League you're, you're going to be playing. The B-bombers, right? <laughs> uh, the bench bombers. We used to call them back, in, back when I was playing right, basketball. Right. B-bombers, get out there now. No, it's going to be a lot of uh, you know kind of first stringers. Yeah, certainly. All right. And then – Last part of the show. You got any thoughts on Montez Sweat? Should we have uh, done a third round pick for him and 
like Chase Young and the Niners? You got a thought? I think the Bears are they are this to me is a move for future picks, yeah. meaning that, that they they have a strategy here and this is a tactic for things down the road. They obviously have to get a pass rush. I mean, they have to create matchups there on the offensive line, which they cannot do. It helps their secondary, right? When you have, I mean, look at what the Niners did, getting Chase Young from the uh, uh, Commanders. Mm-hmm. That's a move to help the back half of their secondary. The four hours are struggling covering people. So if yeah. you can create matchups up front, when you got Nick Bosa and you got Montez Sweat, you got Armstead and those guys, and those guys can get to the, you know, can get to the quarterback. It helps the cover guys on the back end. So hopefully that will be the case for the Bears. I just think Pete, like they got to resign this guy, right? I don't know. I, I even maybe something came across this morning. Have they agreed to terms with Sweat because he's going to be a free agent? Well, I mean, you can't let Sweat. this guy walk, right? Well, so I, I got a feeling that that he wanted to come over here if they didn't have a deal because I believe the Bears have the most money in, to spend on the cap, hundred ten, something like that. Sweat is twenty seven. Chase Young is thirty. I don't know. If I knew more, I'd be in Hallis Hall. That's why I'm doing a podcast, John. That's why I have you right. out here. You and I are um, sitting here talking about it. Yeah. Actually, I, I believe Chase Young is is younger. I mean, I mean, Chase Young was drafted in you know, 2020. So he's going to be a young guy. He's probably like 25, 26. Okay. Uh, it just it just makes – yeah, I, I Sweat to me is a little bit more – he's kind of a higher floor, lower ceiling guy. He's just going to be a steady pass rusher, guy who's going to get you, you know, six to eight sacks, whatever it is. Young to me has a higher ceiling, but I think he's a guy who's got some maybe off the field issues or you know, kind of durability stuff. You're um, right. He's 24. Chase Young is 24. I had that around. So Sweat's the old guy. Yeah, just wait. I mean, for for full disclosure, I am a lifelong. Uh, I'm sorry. Uh, I, I, I almost said. Com- uh, well, I almost said commanders. Kid. But I, I, I'm a Redskins guy, you know, through and through. And let's bring back the Redskins, please. New owner, Josh Harris. That'd be a nice uh, gift to all of us fans in 2024. Uh, so I do. I am. I am. I'm a lifelong Redskins fan. Uh, so I'm, I, I was on board with these trades, you know, because I yeah. think that, yeah. that you've got to build up some draft capital because, you know, for the next coach, because Chico Rivera, love him. 85 Bears, you know, let's go. He's going to be on the way out and they're, they're going to have a new coach. Okay. God forbid I bring up any uh, Redskin stuff to you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, don't. Yeah, I will. I and don't bring up Dan Snyder because I will. Uh, I will. I will go on a ten minute rant about the evil that is former owner Dan Snyder. So talk about Darth Vader. I, I don't yes. think he's smart enough to be Darth Vader. And then uh, Badgent Pageant. <laughs> How do you, do you you think they're going to sit? Uh, Justin Fields down for another week for his injury, so he so Pageant can get more tape and not, and Fields won't get hurt, so they can trade him. Yeah, I had a there was actually a kid trick or treating last night dressed as you know dressed as Tyson. He had uh, a couple of fake tattoos on, and uh, you know sure it was wasn't pretty, him. Pretty cool. He had a wig on. Yeah, right. So <laughs> I, I probably should have asked him for his ID, you know, just to sort of check. Um, yeah, I mean it was a nice story, right, Pete? You know, yeah, for the yeah. one week against the Raiders. His family was there. It really is a fascinating story, this guy. I mean, if you if you read into it, the fact this guy started an NFL game is remarkable. Absolutely remarkable. But there's a reason why this guy was not a drafted yeah. player. He's limited physically. And um, 
the Justin Fields situation will kind of hang over the Bears the rest of the season I, until they get the quarterback situation straightened out. I've never been a Justin Fields guy. Just because if you watch him in college, he, he was never accurate. In the Ohio NFL, State you have to be able to throw from the pocket. There you go. Although although I think, uh, what's his name? You know, C.J. Stroud might be flipping the narrative on that, Pete. Uh, right? you, are, to... you are, I stand corrected once again, you know, on the show. So trade, de- tra- uh, trade deadline's over, so there's no trade. Uh, I, what are you going to do, wait till draft day to do something with him? Pull out that crystal ball one last time. John, what do you what do you think is going to go on? Because everybody's going to hold you to this now. Do you think the Bears right. will get one and two, and then do something with Fields? What What do you think is going to happen? I mean, certainly there's the rest of the season to be played out, mm-hmm. and the Bears executives, I'm sure, will be evaluating Fields the rest of the season. Most fans, those of us listening uh, to this podcast, watching this on on YouTube, have seen enough. I think of Justin Fields. If you could look at this clear eyed, I think the Bears are, are going to be looking for a quarterback. And I think they're accumulating draft capital to potentially be able to, depending on what that pick is, you know, if they have the first pick in the draft, then they will certainly have some leverage there. Where do you, do you draft a Caleb Williams? Do you draft a Marvin Harrison who looks like the real deal at yeah. wide receiver? Um, is there another quarterback out there? Maybe it's a, a you know, Drake may over in North Carolina. Who's a pretty good player. Yeah. I think we're going to be back in this cycle again. The question I have you Pete is who will be the coach? Because do you I, I did you feel like this offense? If you're gonna draft another quarterback, do you feel good enough about this offensive staff and the head coach that they're going to be able to actually draft the right guy and to be able to develop him? And I think All you're right. going to start to hear. I think you're start to hear some, you know, Jim Harbaugh, Harbaugh. You know, some Bears rumors, right? You're probably on the same line with that. I think he's probably going to be available because of what's happening over Michigan right now. So you'll probably yeah. hear those rumors. Um, that to me is the biggest question. I, I think they will be looking for a quarterback. Justin Fields is not the guy. It's just a question of, you know, does a new Bears president remember they have a new guy in charge? Um, I can't he's think a of his stadium name guy, any? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think he was hired to kind of get the stadium thing going, but he used to. Um, it's Warren, right? I can't think of his first name right yeah. now. His last name is Warren. But, I just but know stadium. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. He's he's he. I think while you and I are talking right now, I think he might be out out of Batavia right now, talking to yeah. the talking to the mayor and the city council out there, Batavia negotiations um, or in or in or in uh, Geneva. So so yeah. So I there's yeah. It, to me, the next whatever ten games left or nine games left or eight whatever it is are are all about just hey, accumulating draft capital, waiting for the draft, uh, and who the next coach is going to be. Uh, so and hey, trust me, as a commander, I also went to Michigan State, Pete. That's I'm you know proud Spartan. We don't have a coach. We fired our coach after the first three, four before the third game. You know, so I I have divested myself emotionally from my teams at this point. It's really just about what's next, and yeah. um, I think Bears fans are, are are probably near that that point right now. Well, sorry to hear about your uh, old Michigan State quarterback blowing out his Achilles uh, up in Minnesota. So m- moment right. moment of silence. So he'll race Aaron Rodgers to. Uh, to come back. <laughs> Kirk Cousins, love you. Love you, Kirk. You know, go Sparty, man. Go green. What a team. I Here, we'll go on a quick tangent and split, but uh, you had Kirk on the team. You had, uh, who was your running back that went to the Steelers all on the same team? Yeah, yeah. Levy and Bell. Levy and Bell. Uh, who, um, yeah, he went to the Steelers kind of, I think he overestimated his yeah. value. 
decided <laughs> to sit out for a year and Oops. things didn't quite work out. Not, not the best business decision no, for, no. for Levin, but yeah, yeah. Kirk, uh, you know, tremendous quarterback got us, got us to the big 10 championship game, the inaugural big 10 championship. I was there in Indianapolis, 2011 uh, against Russell Wilson and the Wisconsin Badgers. Uh, Russell got us that day uh, in 2011, but that was yeah. the beginning of a really good run, you know, for Michigan State under Coach uh, Mark D'Antonio, where we made the Rose Bowl, won the Big Ten, beat beat Urban Meyer. You know, speaking of Darth Vader, yeah. a lot of Spartan fans who actually want Urban Meyer to be the coach now, but that'll that will never happen. Uh, you know, kind of a pipe dream. Um, but uh, but yeah, unfortunately, what happened to Kirk Cousins? If you watch the Netflix documentary that came out, uh, Pete, last year Quarterback. on quarterbacks, that's the person that he is. Mm-hmm. Like Cousins is a genuinely good person. I mean, I, I mean, incredible amount of wealth. This guy has probably yeah, made yeah. as much money as any quarterback maybe in in history up to this point, up to this point. Um, but he's a genuinely good person, um, and it's unfortunate what what happened to him. He does play for the Vikings, so you know, hey, you know, whatever. <laughs> it's a Bears rival. Uh, certainly, good news for the Bears when they play the Vikings again. Um, but uh, but but watch a documentary on uh, on a Kirk Cousins. Absolutely. John Kerr, thank you so much. Hey, people like what you're uh, putting out there, John. How can they find a little bit more about you? Where do they go? Yeah, you know, Pete, uh, you can go to – I've got two Substacks. Uh, Substack, uh, one is the – if you want more Scouts football content, and there'll be plenty up there. We're recording this, and there'll be – you know, we still got a couple days before the game is played. Right. Uh, more coming up. Uh, you can go to scoutsfootball.substack.com or just Google Scouts football, you know, and you'll be able to find it. The other oh. one is uh, the, you know, Kerr Report. Kerr.substack.com. That's more of my Sunday column, uh, yeah. more, more political kind of current events type writing. I'd love to touch on that one day with you, John. <laughs> Go Scouts. Always what like chopping up. Always what like time's the game, John? Uh, the game is Friday night at uh, 7 o'clock at Varsity Field. So it uh, should be a heck of an atmosphere for a playoff game in November. That's uh, what more could you ask for? Come on, Scouts. You can do it. <laughs> I'll be a fan for a week. <laughs> John Kerr, thank you so much, my friend. You got it, Pete. Pleasure. Another great job. Over and out. The Lake Forest Podcast is supported by viewers, listeners, and businesses just like you. Looking for the best pool supplies? Look no further than Doheny's Pool Supplies. With a history dating back to 1967, this family-owned business offers everything families need to keep their pools clean and sparkling from chemicals to equipment. Plus, customers enjoy free shipping on all orders. Visit Doheny's Pool Supplies today at doheny.com, D-O-H-E-N-Y.com to learn more. Forest Bluff Real Estate Team serves Illinois, Wisconsin, Lake Forest, and Lake Bluff. John Josephitis, Laura Lee Van Fleet, and of course, Michelle Parnell. Get a free market analysis now at forestbluffrealestate.com. For the best cannabis in the world, look no further than Iliad Epic Grow. Owned by Lake Bluff's own Rich Ruzich, they are a cannabis cultivation center focusing on hard-to-find small batch products that will delight both the occasional user and Ganjier. When visiting Michigan, ask for it by name, Epic Products, Exceptional Process. For more information, email info at iliadgrow.com. Havy Communications has been helping first responders arrive safely since 1983. It's owned by Lake Forest own Mike Havy. Check them out at havycommunications.com. We'd also like to say we're thankful for our Patreon supporters. Otto, John C., Helen, and Herrick. 